You're listening to the SIL Podcast, perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 57, The Undefinable Spirit. Nancy Malik, not afraid to ask. Gordon Lightfoot and I were backstage at Live Aid up in Molson Barry. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were standing backstage just waiting to go on. And Neil Young came up, and so it was Gordon and Neil and I, and I felt <laughs> such <laughs> gratitude, you know. Here you the, felt the sandwiched finest. between icons. A little bit. Stand your dry living on the high side of the bay, you need a rest. Any man or a woman with a wish to fade away, you could be so blessed. Well, welcome to another edition of The Undefinable Spirit. It's a little sub-aspect of the SIL podcast where we talk to people in the community who have interesting lives and experiences to share. And uh, today, our special guest is Nancy Malik. Nancy has been in the Canadian entertainment industry for over 38 years. City TV, Much Music, and YTV was where she honed her skills as a director and music producer. She then went on to a long and successful career in the music industry, working with such artists as Gordon Lightfoot, Deep Purple, Sum 41, and my favorite, Roger Hodgson from Supertramp, amongst hundreds of others. An award-winning filmmaker, event coordinator, and publicist, Nancy now spends her time south of Georgian Bay in the Mellington Township, where she was elected as a township councillor in 2011. She also produces regularly the Andy Kim Xmas concert in Toronto and Montreal, and she's done so for the past 13 years. She was one of the organizers of Foodstock, where 28,000 people, including my wife, Uta, came to protest the Highland Mega Quarry. She also was an early member of NDACT, a citizens group that fought successfully to stop the Mega Quarry. Uh, Nancy now works full-time as events marketing and promotions coordinator at the Museum of Dufferin and is chair of RTO6, Central Counties Tourism, which handles tourism for York, Durham, and Headwaters region. Whew! Nancy, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Heavyweight or what? You're a heavyweight. Well, you know, I I like to do things. (laughs) You do? You're like a busy beaver constantly. Yes. 38 years of work in the Canadian entertainment industry. How did you fall into this kind of work? And what would you say were the biggest challenges at first? Well, it was interesting. I started at uh, City TV way back in the late 70s, mm-hmm. and I was a switchboard operator receptionist. Oh. And that led into the entertainment department and programming a show called Toronto Rocks, which I don't know if people remember used yep. to be live at four o'clock on City TV. <laughs> um, and, and we had midweek metal mania and all request Thursdays. And we had a slew of musicians and celebrities come through our door and be interviewed on the show and it was a lot of fun we had a great time we opened up the new much music building at 299 queen street west Mm -hmm. and more programming there and then i went on to ytv to start that station the children's network 
And uh, it's just been forever. I mean, I've always been involved in the music aspect of things and artists, but it kind of led out of television and into music labels, recording companies, pretty exclusively. I worked for a few labels and did acts like Naughty by Nature and Ron Wood and Charlie Watts solo albums. And then uh, just started my own company and started working with many hundreds of independent artists in Canada. And that led into further record companies like Aquarius Records and Linus Entertainment, where we had Gordon Lightfoot, Ron Sexsmith, incredible bands, absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible artists. Yeah. Cool. And then I I needed a break (laughs) after that long. So I ran away from Toronto and came up to Melanchthon Township, which is just north of uh, Shelburne, Ontario, Mm -hmm. and did the business here for a while and got involved in the quarry and got involved in politics and led me to the Museum of Dufferin, where I am right now and having a ball. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, Moses Neimer, who many of yes. us, or people in our generation, are quite familiar with. Uh, he was a TV mm-hmm. pioneer in those days, creating new platforms for entertainment. Absolutely. What, what was it like working in that exciting new paradigm? Well, it was crazy. We were doing things that nobody else was. Yeah. We were... I remember taking Steadicam, the first to use Steadicam cameras out into the streets to get B-Reel, which is the footage used to cut Mm -hmm. between interviews and music videos and that sort of thing. We just did whatever we wanted to do. And the creative was, it was mind-boggling how many people at that time, even late 70s and into the 80s, Um, it just came out. It was just fantastic. It was just fantastic. And he let us do that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for his business sense. He just found the right people to do what he needed done. I remember back then, Nancy, watching City TV, watching the Blue movies, you know, and oh, yeah. when it first came out, and watching the interviews, and the camera work was really interesting. I always thought I might get a seizure watching this because it was jerky and different and angled, and it was so unusual. It was yeah. almost disorienting. I just remember and that's that. that's what led in. That's what led into all the crazy video styles, music ah, videos. Yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. You know, we mm-hmm. we just took chances, and if if we liked it, we figured everybody else would. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. So, what do you think? What yeah. is what is the uh, say the biggest change you've seen in the industry over the years? What would you say is the oh biggest? Oh my change? goodness! Well, back in those days, record companies had very very big budgets yeah. to do music videos and record albums and send artists out on tour, mm-hmm. and now it's pretty well self sufficient. And, you know, those record companies that understood the digital age, I think, are the ones that have survived. But those that didn't understand it or fought it, they've gone by the wayside. And we've seen what used to be seven major record companies in Canada come Mm -hmm. down to really three. And they Mm -hmm. are run in U.S. run anyways pretty well. So Mm. what would you say was your key to success in the music industry? I guess I had a good ear. Uh for good music Uh and I believed in it and I fell in love with the music and I convinced everybody else to fall in love you have to love what you're working Mm -hmm. or it's it's like a salesman you know trying to sell something that they just don't believe in well they're not going to do very well how did you work with technology in those days at YTV, I used to type. Still, it was in typewriter time. Um, and my first, when I went into my own company, my computer and modem, dial-up modem and printer was about you know fifteen thousand dollars. 
Yeah. And now it could be done on an iPhone, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is to keep on it and learn everything new that's coming around. Well, I'm 57 years old now, and I know exactly how social media works. Yeah. And I know what people are looking for and what photos they're looking for. And you have to be current. Mm-hmm. Constantly educating yourself. Constantly. Changing a bit here from the technological and what you were doing at the uh, music station or, or city mm-hmm. TV, you became uh, a counselor in a small town, Ontario. Yes. And what would you say is the most uh, challenging part? This was back in 2011. What was the most yes. challenging and most satisfying aspect of that position? What was satisfying? I came up here just knowing absolutely nobody. And I moved into an area, rural Ontario, they go back many generations and have the same friends and families. And so coming into that, it's kind of daunting. But that's mm-hmm. when I started getting involved in the community groups and volunteering my time yeah. and getting on boards in the areas. And, and I was accepted very quickly. And I'm very grateful for that. And they believed enough in me to make me their counselor. But... Uh, and I did what I said I was going to do. I was going to stop this Don Corey and uh, retired after four years. But yeah. I may get into it in the future. I don't know. <laughs> and you did it. Yeah, and you yeah. did it, which was incredible. Yeah, amazing group of people did it. We're going to get to that in a minute, I mean, more detail. But I'd like to actually have you talk a bit about your relationship to Andy Kim and why you've been producing this concert for 13 years. What is it about Andy Kim? Well... I've always been a fan. He's a lovely, lovely, smart gentleman. Mm-hmm. And we hooked up. He actually called me to do publicity work on the show 13 years ago. Right. And it turned into essentially producing the show and directing it and getting it organized and doing the set lists and getting the artists some of the times. You know, Andy's an amazing networker, so he's responsible for getting most of the artists in there. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just developed into we can't do it without each other. <laughs> huh, <laughs> no? Interesting. And a couple of years ago, we expanded to the Montreal shows and um, the Corona Theater in Montreal and have a lot of Quebec artists on that end of the tour. And it's wonderful. We raise a lot of money for kids mm-hmm. and for CAMH. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, the Toronto show is done for CAMH. It's very important. Well, all the money goes towards these organizations. Sure. And speaking about some of your other experiences, the food stock experience. Uh, wh- yeah. <laughs> why did you feel so strongly about helping uh, to organize this event? It was so much hard work. Mm-hmm. There were 12 of us when we started NDAC, and they didn't really know how to get out of the geography, so past the borders of Dufferin County. Mm. So I brought them down to Queen's Park and sat them in front of ministers and You know, I've never been scared to pick up a phone and ask for something. And I think that really helps when you have people that are pretty focused and know what they want out of this. Yeah. And essentially, with the whole mega quarry, it was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. Every aspect Mm -hmm. of it, from the Mm -hmm. technical, environmental, community, everything, transit, every aspect of that was wrong. So I believed in it. And a lot of us fought very hard for that over six years and obviously you convinced them well you know (laughs) if you had seen the technical reports you would have understood they were going to cut off the pine river recharge it back i mean fish Mm -hmm. don't fly you know right yeah 
<laughs> contrary to popular opinion. Right. <laughs> well, but it's good though that you're speaking about it here because a lot of people, I mean, I did follow it as much as I could with the information mm-hmm. that was around, but a lot of people don't have the kind of details that you had. Right. It was just wrong altogether. And by, the, by the way, it, Nancy, by the way, fish do fly and toads do drop out of the sky during Armageddon. <laughs> this so. is true, but on rare occasions. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> box, box. So, what's your story? Mr. Speaker, a Boston hedge fund wants to come up to Canada and destroy 2,500 acres of prime farmland and natural habitat in Dufferin County by creating one of the largest open pit mines in Canada. This mega quarry would stretch three miles across and plunge 200 feet deep, a drop bigger than Niagara Falls. It would impact the Nottawasaga and Grand River watersheds that provide drinking water for one million Ontario residents. It would pump 600 million litres of water a day. That's almost the same amount of water used by almost 20% of Ontario's residents. The Suzuki Foundation and local conservation authorities have expressed concern. Mr. Speaker, this is an environmental disaster in the making. We need a federal environmental assessment. We also need a federal panel to review the environmental effects on transboundary waters of Lake Huron and Lake Erie. These American hedge funds destroyed Wall Street three years ago. Now they want to come to Canada and destroy a beautiful piece of southwestern Ontario. They must be stopped. There's a struggle nearby that should be of some concern. Of a plan to dig a quarry just north of Shelburne On this good, good land, farmland in Terrio They'll harvest no potato, they'll harvest only stones If we let them do it, we'll all be sorry Come walk with me, stop the mega quarry Box, box. Now, uh, all of this stuff eventually leads you to what once upon a time was called DMCA, Dufferin Museum and Archives, which recently changed its name to MOD, which is so cool and upbeat. Uh, Tell me about how you got involved with the museum and what's kind of new about it now. What's changed? Well, I got involved because I saw a job opening for marketing and I called up a friend that I knew and said, how do I do this? And they just said, send in an application. I got called in and uh, chosen, fortunately. I think they were just curious more at my resume. Mm. <laughs> Who is this person? <laughs> you know. Um, but since I've been here five years now, we have rebranded. We've brought in a lot of events that have garnered large audiences and, mm-hmm. and a lot of interest with really unique people like Strombo. I had him up here last year. Oh, yes. And he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's been a friend for many years and he was kind enough to come up. And uh, we had a chat. We've known each other a very long time. So I knew some things about him. And he's not usually being interviewed, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it was turning the table on him and it turned out really well. And I had uh, Andy Barry in the hot seat. Recently? uh, That was two years ago. And Mark Robinson, the storm chaser from the Weather Network. Ah. That was kind of a personal thing because I'm a weather freak. Oh, really? (laughs) And I'm like a fangirl with Mark. (laughs) Well, did did, did you ever hear of Infotel? Yeah. I used to run that service. So I was was 
totally immersed in the whole weather thing with all the rural people. I had uh, Paul so Chantry up and Paul Chantry up in Shelburne used to work with me. Do you remember Paul? Yeah. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> if you live in this area, you, you better be up on the weather. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. You sure. know. So, uh, Nancy, when I go into the museum, which I've done, you know, n- numerous times, there's mm-hmm. always this sense of history because that's what the museum kind of is about. It's an archive and a history. Yes. Can you talk a bit about how technology plays into the running of the museum and the promotion of the museum? Absolutely. Well, it is mainly social media uh-huh. and it's practically online. I have wonderful aid from the local media and uh, getting outside the geography borders now. You know, Caledon has been very supportive and I've had a couple of Toronto media very interested. And all our collection is now online. All oh, our archive oh. mm-hmm. um, genealogy research is available online through our website for free. Oh, so great. you can, yeah. Soon our collection is going to be available online for free to browse, but you can take information and name from 150 years ago mm-hmm. and put it in our Dufferin genealogy research portal and find out everything there is to find out, mm-hmm. whether doctors or just people or mm-hmm. communities or gravestones, or it's all there. It's Inter- amazing. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel is the greatest need in terms of encouraging tourism in the central counties area make it an experience for somebody Mm -hmm. if you want people to come up from toronto understand the limitations down there Mm -hmm. and what you have available here so not many have the opportunity to go on a farm and pull out their own food and take it to a local restaurant and cook it or have it cooked by the chef we have so many experiences here that need to be hands-on for people Mm -hmm. It's a world of social media and fast food mentality. So you've got to keep people entertained. And the way to do that is give them something different. Hit the senses. Exactly. And that's true for for a lot of uh, sectors of society now, retail especially, has really tipped over into customer experience being the main focus, right? Not so much the product or the pricing, but the experience. There's... Very few, actually, that like the cruises where it's all your foods there, all your activities are there. Mm-hmm. People like to go into Gross Moor National Park mm. and look at fossils on the beach and meet the last cod fishermen. And it's about unique experiences now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of experiences, I wonder if, as we want to wrap this up now, would you share a kind of experience? from the road, so to speak, and your, your 38 years of experience in the industry, in the entertainment industry, is there any sort of zany story you could share about things that happened on the road? <laughs> one that you can actually discuss. One that you can discuss, discuss yes. here, yeah. yeah. Well, I have one. It's probably the highlight of my career. Yeah. Uh, there's okay. been many. Yeah. There's been many. But Gordon Lightfoot and I were backstage at Live Aid up in Molson, Barrie, mm-hmm. and... Uh, we were standing backstage just waiting to go on, and Neil Young came up, and so it was Gordon and Neil and I, and I felt <laughs> such <laughs> gratitude. You know, here you the, felt the sandwiched in between icons. A little bit. Yeah. And the TV cameras are live, and everybody's swarming around us, and my phone rings, and it's my mother. <laughs> and she says, 
you should wear a sweater. Your tattoos look terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in the moment of my career. Uh Well, that's a podcast in itself. Mom and moments. (laughs) And tattoos. That's a great, I love that story. Nancy, this has been awesome. And uh, I really want to thank you for coming on and sharing a piece of your life that you care so deeply about. Mm -hmm. Pieces, plural. And we hope to talk to you soon again about who knows Wonderful. what else that's going to pop up I in know. Life. There's so awesome. many things. <laughs> there are. Thanks again. Thanks, Nancy. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. This is the girl I love to love. I love to love her. This is the girl I love to love I love it knowing that she's mine She can turn my head around And chase the world